return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. So let's stand up just for a minute. Did you bring your Bible today? Hope you did. I mean, we show scriptures, but this should be the most read book in your house. Amen. Say it with me. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. Okay, so I'm going to the book of James for a second. And uh, in the time we have, I'm just going to hit several verses and so forth. You know, we've been blessed in such great, great ways. All of us. I mean, especially Americans, right? Very, very blessed. And then this talks about, James 3 talks about the tongue. And uh, now remember, the tongue will steer your life, right? The tongue is like the rudder on the ship or the bit in the horse's mouth and so forth. Your tongue will steer your life. And one of the things it says is out of the same mouth would come blessing and cursing. And I'm just thinking, oh, my goodness, what a a sad thing that is. So God, God blesses you, you know, he gives you a lot of faculties and so forth in your life, wonderful brain and so forth. But he wants you to, to use those things for his glory. Amen. What your eyes see, what your ears hear, what your mouth speaks. All of that is to be used for his glory. Now, obviously, you can come in here and, and uh, uh, everybody talks real sweet and so forth. But how do you talk in your job? Or how do you talk with your family? How do you talk with other people around you? First Corinthians uh, chapter 10, the scripture is talking about this is the children of Israel coming out of Egypt. But it says, let us not tempt Christ as some of the tempted. And then it says, verse 10, nor complain, as some of them also complain, and were destroyed of the destroyer. Wow. It's like there should be an 11th commandment, thou shall not whine. <laughs> and and uh, I'm always amazed that Americans can be so negative and pessimistic. I mean, I'd like to take people with me to where I go in the world, and I guarantee you, if you stay there a week and you come back to America, you'd want to probably kiss the ground and say, oh, thank God that we're here. Because, because there's no reason to complain. And complaining opens the door for the enemy. So negative talk, criticism, all those things opens the door for the enemy in your life. And it brings a dark cloud. You know, sometimes people say, I just, I just feel so down. I feel so heavy. Well, think about what you're saying. What are you speaking on a daily basis? All right. So, I mean, I mean. Does, do people, people say, well, you don't know uh, problems or issues I have. And I just want to say, everybody has problems. Turn to your neighbor and say, everybody's got problems, all right? So it's a big club. And so we all have to deal with this. We all have a mouth and we have to deal with it. Your mouth isn't created so you can just eat. 
Your mouth is created so you can speak the oracles of God. You can speak life out there. You can speak life to yourself. And so, so out of the same mouth, blessing and cursing, and here complaining or murmuring or grumbling or all the things the children of Israel did brought the enemy into their lives, you know, into their circumstances. Now, Ephesians says this. Ephesians chapter 5 talks about being filled with the Holy Spirit, which is very important. Remember, remember the drunkenness of the world. That's, they said that's kind of like stupidity, right? <laughs> you know, so you want to be filled. Say filled. Filled with the Holy Spirit. This just means you're filled with God. Amen? You're filled with the Lord. You're guided by Him. So you speak to one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks to God. Now, it's impossible, it's impossible to be uh, singing and praising God or to be filled and yet complaining. People can say, well, I'm a spirit-filled Christian. Well, if you are, you should act like it. Remember, remember, if you say you're filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is holy. So the Holy Spirit isn't doing dumb and stupid things of the world. The Holy Spirit isn't, isn't speaking against people and so forth. And actually, a lot of Christians put out curses. They don't even realize that person's bad, that person's wrong, that, you know, and they're putting out curses on people. You're not made for that. You're here to bless people. You're here to bless people because God loves people. And we don't know all that's going on in people's lives, and they may be lost as ever. However, he still loves them, and he wants to save them. So, so if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're not going to be praising and complaining at the same time. Two don't go together. Right? So you might be filled, spirit-filled right now, might be not spirit-filled this afternoon. You can't claim a title. And I think, I think that's a problem in the body of Christ. People claim, claim a title like, well, I'm a Christian. Or I'm on fire. It's like, well, you didn't act like it yesterday. <laughs> you didn't act like it by the words you just spoke. So the things that come out of our mouths, the fruit of our lips is huge. Your lips are producing something, right? Your lips are causing things to grow in our lives. We all face difficult circumstances. Everything, you know, and it can vary from hour to hour sometimes. It can vary from phone call to phone call. You might feel so good and then you get a phone call and you feel angry. Ever had that happen? Those are emotions. But you don't want your emotions to run your life. You want the Holy Spirit to run your life. You don't want to speak your emotions as far as bad things. I was talking to somebody the other day and they said, I hate this person. And I said, that's a strong word. You don't want to hate anybody. That's like killing people. People kill others with their, with their lips, with their mouths. You know, and so, so you don't want to hate people. You might not like them. You might dislike what they're doing. But with your mouth yet, you want to speak something that's going to bring life. Isn't that right? There's power, there's power in your words. There's power in the things that you speak. And it frames your atmosphere. The world's recreated by the Word of God. So... Or Hebrew says they're framed by the Word of God through the King James. You're framing your world with your words. So when you get up in the morning, I like to get up early in the morning. You get up early in the morning, what, what's, what's coming out of your mouth? Is it like, oh, this is just an awful day. I feel terrible. Oh, I hurt. And so, well, think about what's coming out of your mouth. You're already starting to frame your world. Or if you get up, it says, from the rising of the sun to go, going down to the same, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Then also, well, thank you, Jesus, for another day. Thank you, Lord, for life. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done for me. So you begin to frame your world in a different way. 
I still might have aches and pains. I still maybe didn't get as much sleep as I wanted to get to have the night before. But all of a sudden, my world is framed in a more positive way. And how I look at things, how I look at other people is a much better way. Just because we're framing our world with the Word of God. So out of our mouths should come, should come praises. Amen. We should speak to one another. Psalms, hear him spiritual songs. We should speak the oracles of God. We should speak blessings. Amen. Making melody in your heart. All right, so, so it's not, you're not auditioning for the choir, but it's out of your heart that you're singing and blessing God. Amen? It's giving thanks to God the Father for all things in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, I, uh, Psalm 40, our daughter years ago was critically ill, and this was a verse that, that we had at the time. And uh, um, we trusted God for years and had many, many doctor's things and chemotherapies, and so forth like that. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me. He heard my cry. He brought me out of a horrible pit. Now, God will bring you up out of things. Amen? I like it. He brings us up. He isn't there to, to, to push us down. He's there to help us, right? He brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on a rock and established my steps. Now, verse 3 is really important. Watch what it says. He's put a new song in my mouth, praise to our God. Many will see it in fear and will trust in the Lord. Now, notice this again. He put a new song in my mouth. Now, here's the thing. Write something down in your notes. Write in your notes. He gave me a new song. You should write something down. Notes are good, right? Remember, the shortest pencil is better than the longest memory. <laughs> write notes, write notes, write notes. Most people don't, but I do, and I think it's important. He put a new song in my mouth. Now, what don't you see there is this. He put it there. You've got to do it. God gives us things all the time. But you've got to do it. You could, be, you could be in a tough situation. Well, you don't understand, Pastor Dave. It's just a tough situation. And the Lord gives a song. And we're sitting like this. Like, I'm not going to sing it. Okay, you don't have to. But that's how you come out of the horrible pit. And that's how you come out of the miry clay, is you have to do it. You know what a key thing is? It's pride. We get so full of pride, it's like, I don't have to do that. I'm not going to do that. And you don't have to. You can sit in trouble. You can sit in darkness. You can sit in all kinds of issues. You don't have to do it. But if you open your mouth and sing what he gives you, or you take the word of God and speak what's already there, the atmosphere will change. Isn't that right? Remember the story when we were in the one time in the recovery room. Her daughter had had a surgery and so forth. And her vital signs all went down and so forth. And her body went into shock. And the codes rent. And doctors come and they're working on her and all the things like that. And in the midst of that, the Lord said to me, why don't you praise me? And of course, I'm watching this. Jeannie and I are both in the recovery room. I'm watching this. And, of course, the simple answer of the flesh is, why would I praise you? That was what I said. Why would I praise you? My daughter is dying. Why would I praise you? And the Lord said to me, he says, I'm not your problem. I'm your answer. You have a choice. I always say this. If you can't praise God in this setting, which is, you know, where everybody does it or so forth. You can't praise God here. You will never praise him in the emergency room. Never praise him in a very bad report. Because this is easy to do. 
So if you sit in a worship service here like this, you have issues that you've got to get over. Turn to your neighbor and say, get over your issues. <laughs> because you want to be a worshiper, right? He's not ever our problem. He's our answer. So I had to swallow my pride even there. And I began to worship the Lord in that setting with people around us, singing out loud. And the atmosphere changed. And throughout our life, that's happened many, many times. What holds us back a lot of times is our pride. Like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't feel like doing it. Well, you're doing something that's spiritual. Something that's spiritual, and we who are natural, there's a clash. Something's got to give. And the thing that's in between there is usually our pride. I don't want to do it. But it's good to do it. Garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness, Isaiah 61.3. That's what he gives us, right? So when we're down or heavy or whatever, he gives us this garment of praise that lifts us up. Now, again, you have to sing it. It isn't like, yeah, I'm doing that, Pastor. You know, it's down inside. No, it's out, it comes out of your mouth. Out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. So your mouth just begins to speak something different. Let me tell you, the world needs to hear these things because the world is pessimistic. Even Christians need to hear these things. Maybe people you know need to hear these things. It's pessimistic. They're always complaining, always talking about what's wrong. Let's talk about who is right, and that's Jesus Christ. Let's talk about the victory that he's already won for us. Let's talk about what he's doing for us. Let's live in a place of faith, not a place in a place of doubt. So he gives us a new song, but you got to sing it. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got to sing it. He can give it, he'd give it, but you got to do something with it. You've got to do something with it. Whatever that, you know, day and night and so forth. But Hebrews 13, verse 15 says this, we bring a sacrifice of praise, which means it's not something you're naturally wanting to do. Right? So, so let's continually offer the sacrifice of praise. Now, when do we do this? Well, it says continually. So this means the switch has just turned on that I'm going to praise God. When? All the time. Right? Continually offer, offer, what do we, we're offering ourselves, we're losing our pride, a sacrifice of praise. I don't feel like it, I don't feel anything, but I'm going to do it because it's biblical. I'm going to do it because I will worship the Lord. There's many things in the Bible that says, I will, I'm yielding my will. I will worship the Lord, I'm going to do it. When you start doing it, something starts happening. If you just think it, if you just think something, nothing, nothing's happening because it's all up here in your head. So what we believe in our heart needs to come out in our lives. So if you say you believe the Word of God and you say that, that He gives me a song of victory and so forth, then that should come up out of our lives. Consequently, I think we should work different than other people. You go to a job, not like, oh, it's a job, I'm going a paycheck. No, you go to a job because it's an opportunity. The benefit is you get a paycheck. That's wonderful. But you're there around people, <laughs> hallelujah, that you're influencing. Do you realize how few people are happy today? <laughs> Think about how many people you see on your job that are smiling. Wow. I just, I just, I'm a people watcher, but I'm like, 
Wow. A lot of people look like they've been baptized in pickle juice. A lot of Christians are that way. They're just sour. You love God? Yeah, sure do. Sure do. You know, it's like, wow, you're biting on a pebble or what? You know, you know, there's something about it where you just got to relax and say, you know, God's bigger than the problems of the world. God's bigger than my circumstances. God's bigger than the, the report that we get. These things you apply. It's like when, when I had cancer and therapy and so forth and was in radiation oncology and all that. And so I'm in the radiation room and, and then the person on the louds or the speaker in my ear says, Dave, you have to sit still. And I said, am I moving? And, and they said, yeah, your, your leg's twitching. And I realized they're playing gospel music for me, but my leg is just twitching. <laughs> yeah, you can't, it's, it's music in your heart wants to come out, right? Why is it that kids like to dance, little kids, and you get old as an adult, and it's like, we don't do that. Why? Kids were dancing around Jesus. He loved it all. And somehow when we get old, uh, uh, we, we all of a sudden, the knees don't work. And, uh, uh, you know, we, we don't do that. We're just, we're just rigid. Kind of stiff. Like a lot of Americans. Turn to your neighbor. Say, you don't have to be stiff. It's kind of like, relax. Just relax. Just relax. God's bigger than all of these things. And we have a reason to come and bring a sacrifice of praise and we can grow fruit on our lips. Amen. 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 So your lips, your lips are producing something. Your lips are producing a crop. Whether you realize it or not. Right? It's verbal seeds. Fruit of your lips. Verbal seeds are going out there that you plant. Now, the important thing about it is really for you. You're planting it for you. It's your life. You're living your life. So you're planting these verbal seeds all the time. So I'm in the car. I'm talking. People say, he's talking to himself. You bet I am. I'm speaking life to myself. I'm singing. I'm saying, who's he singing to? I'm singing to the Lord. But what does it do? Merry heart doeth good like a medicine, Right? And the joy of the Lord becomes your strength. And happy are the people whose God is the Lord. <laughs> so something begins to happen. I mean, I, I, I would do this. I had 35 treatments that I drove to Sioux Falls every weekday down there. Hallelujah. You know, praising God. These are things you apply in your life. It's not like, it's not like well... His life's going good, so of course he can do that. No, this is your life is going bad. You need to do this. You need to do this. Everybody needs to do this. Because the Lord wants to bring you out in a place of victory. He wants you to be a testimony of his goodness and grace. Why? We live in a fallen world, so things happen, right? But the victory is that Jesus has already overcome the world, so therefore we can rejoice in what he's done. Well, when does this happen? Well, it should happen here, of course, but it should happen today. Should happen at home. Should happen if you have children with your children or or friends or grandkids or on your job. It should happen all the time. Let us offer continually sacrifice of praise. Continually. Conti- all the time. Offer it. 
Who are we offering it to? We're offering it to the Lord. Amen? Amen? That's what we're doing. We are a people who's called out of darkness into his marvelous light that we should show forth the praises of him. So we're different. Different is good, right? This is a good thing. This is a good thing. Our difference is compound in Jesus Christ. Proverbs 12, verse 14. Just a few more minutes here. Proverbs 12, verse 14 says, says a man will be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth. Well, it can be good or bad. <laughs> but the fruit of your mouth can bless you. The fruit of your mouth, the fruit of your lips can bless you. By just what you're saying, what you're speaking. Proverbs 13, verse 12. says that uh, a man shall eat well by the fruit of his mouth. So again, you eat good as a result of your mouth. It's not talking about getting into a buffet line in the natural, all right? <laughs> talking about spiritual fruit coming from your lips. And that you can partake, you can do, eat something that's going to minister to your spirit man. That's what we need. You love taking care of the natural man? That's fine. Spiritual man is more important even. All right? Taking care of the spiritual man. Proverbs 18, verse 20 and 21 says, A man's stomach will be satisfied of the fruit of his mouth. He'll be satisfied the consequences of his, the consequence of his words. So again, you're filled, good or bad, by the fruit of your lips. I have choices too. Every day I have choices. What am I going to focus on? Who am I going to exalt? How am I going to look at a situation? I'm going to focus on Jesus. A man will be satisfied with the consequence of his words. In other words, a good thing, right? Death and life are in the power of the tongue, right? Whatever you indulge in, you're going to eat the fruit of it. So your tongue can bring life or your tongue can bring death. Your tongue can bless people or your tongue can curse people. You have verbal seeds that you're planting. That you hear first. So what you're speaking out of your mouth, you hear. Which causes you to be, if you're speaking the word of God and so forth, causes you to be edified. Causes you to be built up. And all of a sudden, God is bigger than anything that you face. He's the miracle worker. You're seated in heavenly places. Nothing's impossible. Now, you want to live this way because, because you want to live this way continually offering the fruit of your lips, continually giving a sacrifice of praise, because we don't know what's going to happen from next hour to next hour. All right, so our life isn't like, hey, everything's going great. Oh, this is just terrible. It's just awful. Well, it's going good again. Oh, it's just terrible. It's awful. You don't want to live on a roller coaster. Roller coaster. So I understand that in a phone call, I can get an emergency call or something on the phone. It might say something very bad. Okay, you can continue in a steady place. Hallelujah. Isn't that right? Because you're living in the spirit. We, 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 we just love living in revival. Why? Because Jesus is alive. He's alive. He's the greater one within us. I got a call one day when the sheriff called me and a person had been shocked with electricity. And, and uh, the electricity, he was working on a terminal thing in a backyard, you know, the, some of these boxes and stuff. Thought it was turned off, wasn't turned off. Had his big rubber gloves, but didn't, didn't uh, wear them thinking it was not on. 
and he reached over and grabbed something which shocked him. And the electricity went in him and blew out his knee. Just a hole blew out his knee and to the, going to the ground. And by instinct, he jerked himself and he rolled away from the terminal and he was in this yard smoking. His body was smoking. And so they, they're bringing him really hot from another town. He was a member of our church years ago. And the sheriff called me, who's following the ambulance, said, you better meet us there at the hospital. Now, you see, if you're sitting in your day and you're muddled in yourself, life is hard, life is this and that, and then you get a call like that, what is it? Oh, boy, I don't know what we're going to do. Yeah, you want to be ready. You want to be ready for anything that happens that comes up in your life. This wasn't a family member, but it was a friend. So I go to the emergency room. The police, the, the, they just get there, and, and there's police, and there's other rescue people and so forth, and I knew the physician. And he stopped me, and he said, it's really bad. And he said, we, we got the burn center called. We're flying him to St. Paul. This and this is happening and stuff. And then he said to me, he says, I'm sure he'll lose his arm, and we'll see if we can save the other one. So by the time I got in the room, he's conscious. He's awake. They've got his arms wrapped. They've got all the saline solution, everything. IVs running in him so his insides don't burn out. And I said, how you doing? He says, I made a mistake. <laughs> and I, said, I said, don't worry about that right now. You know, things happen. Turn to your neighbor and say, things happen. Things happen. It's life. So you have to understand, God wants you to bring victory in your life wherever you're at. Amen. So, and there's no time, there's no time to say, oh, can we clear out this room and so forth? No, no, no time. Everybody's working on it. Doctors are there, nurses are there, everybody's working on all kinds of stuff. And the plane is coming in. And so we just prayed right there. Prayed healing for him right there. Everybody heard it. Everybody heard it as we prayed for him. And, and when we were done, he just said, amen, thank you, Pastor, thank you. They said, we'll be in touch. Flies to the Burns Center in St. Paul. They get to the burn center. Now, you have to understand, his arm was charred, all the things like that, hole in his leg. Fly to the burn center in St. Paul. It takes from the plane to go right into the emergency or the operating room. Doctors run wrapping him and so forth. He's out now. Doctors are unwrapping him and so forth. And they look at him and said, hmm. Starts scraping his arm a little bit. And he goes, hmm. Arm was well. Needed not to be amputated. The hole in his leg was closing, and they did no skin grafts at all. Not only did he not lose his arm, he didn't do a skin graft on his body. And they're all shaking their head because they saw all the charts and all the reports and all the things like that. And they call back and they say, well, we're going to release him. And in three days, he was home again. Three days, he was home again. You want to live in the Spirit. You want to live in a place where you're just in the Spirit. A family member calls. You get a bad report. You want to be in the Spirit. You don't want to be, oh, no, what are we going to do? People do that. They act like they don't. There's no common sense. When I see Christians like that, I'm thinking, that didn't change God. God's bigger than this. That's why we pray. That's why we believe. That's why we trust. Okay, there's a bad report. We want to live in the Spirit. You want the fruit of your lips to bless your life. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. 
When I came when I came from the hospital, they said, well, what was the doctor's report? I said, well, I just said the doctor's report wasn't good. But the report of the Lord is always good. And what are you going to do? Let's wait. Let's wait for the report of the Lord. Amen. Because we have choices. You know, you have choices when you get a cancer report. OK, that's a report. Now I have another report here, which is the report of the Lord. OK, that cancer report is one. Not good. This is real good. So, Lord, I'm going to just thank you. I'm going to trump that cancer report and I'm going to thank you for victory today. The fruit of your lips. Now, this is the most important when things are going bad. Most important when things are going bad. And to do it, you have to humble yourself. Let me close this with this. Psalm 34, 1. David says, I will bless the Lord at all times, which means I'm going to bless the Lord in all seasons. All right? Psalm 34, verse 1. I'm going to bless the Lord in all seasons. At all times, in all seasons, I'm going to bless. Notice the word, I will. I'm going to exercise my will. I'm going to do this. David wrote this when he's running for his life from Saul. Things weren't the greatest, but he still said, I'm going to bless the Lord. And notice what it says, his praise shall continually. Now, continually means it's just all the time. So I want to yield myself. So I go to bed. We go to bed. Kiss, kiss goodnight. Kiss goodnight. We go to bed. But if I wake up at three, I still want to have praise in my mouth. Now, all of us can wake up at three and we're bothered by something. You ever had that happen? Well, you're thinking about this. You're thinking about that. You're bothered or all kinds of thoughts. Or you can say, okay, that's that's going on. But I'm going to praise you, Lord. I'm going to go back to sleep. No sense in both of us waking up or staying up on this, right? Amen. Don't you don't have to you don't have to step and worry with God. You can have praise in your heart and in your mouth and go back to sleep. Now let him take care of it. You cast your cares on him. We don't have to both step together. Let me help you with this, Lord. Let's not worry about this till four thirty now. No, let's, let's, this praise shall continually be in my mouth, and I'm going to exercise my my will. Going to yield my pride backwards. To bless the Lord. Tell your neighbor the Lord is on your side. The Lord is on your side. We serve a good God who loves people. And I have to say this now. He loves everybody. It's not like he loves you because, oh, you're so special. Well, you are special, but he loves everybody. He loves the sinner out there. Listen, he loved me while I was still sinner. <laughs> Thank God I got saved. <laughs> right? But he still loved me. He's not here to do something bad to you. He's here to bless you. That's why, thank God for the new covenant even. Because, because otherwise people get a wrong perception of who God is. He's a good God. Always look in the New Testament. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And he only went about doing good and healing all. Let's lift our hands just a second. It's just an exercise again of our will. But Lord, we surrender to you and we thank you today. That you give us good things to speak, to sing, to exalt your name, to confess over our lives. Lord, we thank you. You give us good things. Help us, Lord, to speak what you give us. Help us to speak godly things, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Help us, Lord. We pray blessings on our spouse or family, on our children or grandchildren. We speak blessings in the name of Jesus. We speak blessings on co-workers. We speak blessings on people around us, people we don't even know. We just speak blessings on them, Father, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the fruit of our lips. 
Lord, that not only blesses us, but blesses others around us, Lord, that others will see and hear and, and Lord, be drawn unto you, Lord God. So I thank you for blessing people even today in this place. Lord, thank you for blessing their lips. Thank you for blessing their lives and their homes. In the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? Amen. 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 Now, let's stand for a second. Again, let's just raise a hand. Let's stand a second. Just say, I just want to speak a blessing over you. Blessing of the Father. Blessing of the Holy Spirit. Blessing of Jesus. His face shine upon you. Be gracious unto you. Give you his supernatural peace as you walk out of here today, living life. Thank you, Lord. You're bigger than the circumstances. So I thank you for your blessing now upon your people here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Shake about ten hands. Amen. Shake about ten hands. Say thanks for coming. Wednesday night will be fun. Amen. No service tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylifeatbrookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.